Hello and welcome to another episode of the Give Us a Spell uh, podcast. My name is Zach, uh, joining you this uh, Wednesday for another episode of Shooting the Shit. Um, a little thing that we've been, we've tried, sort of started, we've had a couple of guests on the last couple of weeks, they've all been jockeys, but we'll probably move around and speak to lots of people throughout the industry. Tonight, or today, whenever you listen to this, uh, we have Nashville Willer joining us. Uh, only a couple of days out from riding Eduardo in the big, big one this Saturday in the Everest, so... We are very happy that Nash is joining us. It's pretty cool to get one of the jocks on Everest Week. He's um, just ridden like a lot of runner, a lot of rides at uh, Warwick Farm today, so he's probably bugging and he's jumping on with us straight away. But doing it with me, uh, Kohai was with me last week when we spoke to Dylan Gibbons, another absolute champion who's flying as well. But tonight we have uh, Nash King. We're talking a bloke that's ridden all over the world. Uh, he's a 66-time Group 1 winner, 66 more than I'll ever ride. <laughs> um, I'm pumped. Like it's 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 great time to have him because obviously he's come off a bit of a suspension, an injury stint with his uh, hand slash thumb. I'd love to hear his thoughts about Eddie and the book of rides he's got because he's got a you know I think he's got eight eight rides on Saturday. So I mean, great insight coming into the I guess the the heart and soul of what is spring. Sydney racing. Yeah. And I think one of everyone li- loves the uh, ride that he had on Kementari back in the day up the rail and this weekend riding Kementari again in the Sydney Stakes, which is a short fave. So because we're asking him about that and wonder if he, if they if he could often should have taken Kementari. Who knows? But um fuck it, let's get him on. All right, we welcome Nash Rewilla. Thank you for joining us, mate, on Everest Week. It's um it's a big ask, but thanks for joining. No, always a pleasure. How are you? Doing doing really well. I've got Koei with me, Kohai. Welcome aboard. Oh, mate, it's a pleasure to have Nash. And I mean, like I said, uh, pre-record, I guess we would. I'm just pumped to talk to a oh, a, a jockey of his caliber with a, an absolute rap sheet. I mean, he's got 66 Group One wins. I mean, that's enough said. 66 more than I'll ever ride in my life. So yeah, I'm pumped. <laughs> um, maybe I, think, I think there's, there's uh, I think it's about 68 actually. I've had a couple over 68. I never count. 68. They count. They count. We'll count those. Um, oh, but yes, they count. Take you, them wherever you can get them. <laughs> are you getting sick of, <laughs> sick of the bad weather and heavy tracks and shit you've been dealing with? Oh, it's been frustrating. I mean, um, it's a shame. It's been ruling a lot of lot of lot of horses out of contention, basically. And um, it's it's all well and good when you've got a horse like, like Eduardo that sort of adapts to anything, but. Um, you know, quite often it, 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 it sort of gives a horse no chance of winning. So, yeah, it has been frustrating, but um, it is what it is, and you know, everyone's got to deal with it. So. I think I think what we what we normally do is go back and talk history and stuff and coming through, but we may as well just start with um, the Everest. Let's just kick it off and just talk about Eduardo and how he's coming through and what the story is. And I think there was like I think I read a thing with Joe, uh, Joe Pride the other day where people have sort of forgotten about Eduardo and a little a little bit like he drifted in the market. To, today he's come in. Who knows? Thirteen into eight bucks, but um, he's the only horse in that field that's actually beaten Nature Strip, right? Because everyone is going. We're all just running for second. That can't be right. Yeah, correct. Yeah, no, you're, you're right. He, he he's been able to. I, th- I think that's exactly what I said before. He's the sort of horse that just turns up every start, and um, if there's a chink in, not only his armour, but you know any horse he meets, he, he he'll he'll he'll, um, he'll find him out. You know what I mean? So no, look, he's been a pleasure to be associated with right through. You know, probably over the last 
bit over two years now, and um, and um, you know, let's hope you can. I don't know. I don't know about the, this rule now. They, they, I thought they brought in a rule there a while back that um, once they get to ten, they, they've got to retire. But I think uh, I think he'll be still turning up at ten years of age and and being very competitive. I've no doubt in my mind about that. I was going to ask you now. I mean, like he's he's a nine year old, and you don't see. I mean, it, it's kind of like a different era, so to speak, at the moment because nature strips of age as well. And your boy Eddie, he's he's nine years old. Is he just improving year by year? Like, how's that feel? I guess. Yeah, look, he he has definitely. <laughs> I mean, believe it or not, the first couple of times I rode him, he was more like a two year old than he was a, a, a six year old. So. You know, he, he 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 was really fresh and hadn't raced for a while, and um, you know, Joe had him jumping out of his skin, and he won one of those Group Threes first time I rode him. But um, I knew then we had something pretty special, and and he's just uh, yeah, every preparation's you know the the bar's been risen, and and he's he he's just adapted and, and gone with it, been able to and clear every his- obstacle, so to speak. Yeah, absolutely. And like he's on board him, you've won the Galaxy and the Doomba 10,000, for example, sake on a group one level. Like, I mean, come Saturday, he's drawn nine. How, how did he feel doing that little tickover troll? And I mean, the Concord win was amazing, but yeah, how did he feel in that little tickover last Friday, I think it was? Yeah, yeah, no, no, he felt sensational. He, he, he feels like he's. Um... I mean, it's easy to say, but he does feel like he's as good as he's ever, ever been. So, you know, I, that that's, you know, even if he's the best he's ever been, he, you know, um, it's hard to say he's going to be better. But he's, you know, if he if he turns up there and just finds a neck, even, you know, um, God, he, he's going to be very tough to beat. I was going to say tactically, you're still going forward, I guess, from that barrier nine. Is that the plan? I'm guessing. Well, look, his his, his greatest attribute is his cruising speed. He, he's 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 electric out of the gates. There's no quicker horse I've ever ridden out of the gates, and I've ridden some pretty quick ones. Um, so you let him do that, you know, and and quite often he's he's half a length, three quarters of a length in front after three strides, and. Um, and it's important to get him into his rhythm where that he's using his cruising cruising speed, which is generally, <clears throat> you know, running quicker sections the most. So we'll just go by feel on that. I mean, if, look, at the end of the day, if something's leading him, it's because I, I feel we're going too hard. That, that, that's the only reason. As I said, like with my bike, <laughs> you know, I'd rather I'd rather him go a bit quicker than too slow. You know. He, yeah. That's that's what he does. He sort of breaks their hearts. So, um, you know, but it's it's, it's a high pressure race. There's no doubt about that. There's a lot of speed in the race. So. I'd say. It's it's gnarly, isn't it? Because that's what the chat has been like. The amount of speed in the race with Nature Strip, Eduardo, um, Overpass, Shades of Rose—they're all there, right? They all love being on speed, and it could just be a shit fight up front. Um, are you happy drawing where you drew last night? How amazing was that barrier draw, by the way? Yeah, yeah. Look, um, full credit to everyone involved there. It was just you know sensational production. Um, yeah, no, look. <laughs> You know, sometimes you can overthink these things. I, I I prefer just to ride my horse, and like I said, I, I'll know I'll know by gauging him how 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 the speed is. I'll just let the rest sort itself out. I mean, you know, at the end of the day, he's uh, if if he overcooks it with another two horses, they'll 
he'll run fourth and they'll run second last from last. That's, yeah. that's what will happen at the end of the day. So um, I'll be very mindful of that. Nice. It's exciting. Um, the fact that Nature Strip has just been the talk of the town and, to be honest, for whatever reason, he's on the drift and Eddie's on the way in. So it'd be great. I love the sparring battles that these two horses have had and uh, it's very exciting to, to be aboard. Oh, you know, they're two great horses and, you know, even, uh, what, you know, sitting back and watching what Nature Strip did, did overseas, it was, you know, yeah. you, you take a lot of pride out of that because, you know, your bloke's there with him, you know. Like they, they've been... Um, They've been having uh, tussles for a heavyweight long time. <laughs> title, yeah, heavyweight title fights for the last two years, and it's, it's been exciting. I, I, like, you know, that that one of one of those times there when I got up and I think it was the shorts when, when we one by short half head up the fence. Um, you know, saluted when we hit the line, and then then I pulled up and I thought, geez, he's only got a small head here. I've definitely won, you know. But it was that tight that. I was actually a bit worried after I'd sort of saluted and that, but <laughs> I'd like to see the photo before I, um, yeah, you know, really, really think I won it. But I, you know, it's a funny thing. I was sure I'd won, you know, and um, and that's the sort of horse he is. He, he just, uh, you know, keeps coming for you, and um, you know, when he gets into a, a bit of a dogfight like that, he, he doesn't let you down. He's always very strong. I was going to say um, off the back of that, Nash, like uh, you know, Joe better than most of us after watching nature strip win emphatically at royal ascot is there any murmurs of possibly doing something like that with eduardo come you know next season that kind of thing or oh, look, that just I'm, I'm sure we'd all love to do it but um the fact of the matter is the prize money in our own backyard is, is so good now um you just don't need to i mean yeah why travel but but, but still you know uh, and uh, and it's Really, it's it's unfortunate because I I went and rode Elstrom over in Dubai and you know he took me almost halfway around the world. You know the highlight being the Dubai duty free, but you don't you don't get a better feeling than that. You know it's it's a real you know pride. You know like you've been able to sort of do it for Australia, but um, and it's a shame. Yeah, no, it is a shame. I, I would personally love to do something like that. You know whether it even be. You know, the sprint race in Japan, like um, yeah, mm-hmm. take um, over Target One or, or, or something like that, because he, he'd be he'd be very very competitive. He'd be damn hard to beat. So, and he's a sort of horse to adapt to the situation he was put in. And now that you've mentioned Elstrom, I mean that 2004-2005 period. I just want to touch on it. I guess reading it for the uh, the listeners, you won the Underwood, the Turnbull, the Caulfield Cup. You beated, you defeated Maccabi Diva in that cup. Uh, you go on to the Cox Plate, Melbourne Cup, so forth. So you win three on the trot, and then. <laughs> run great races following, and then come 2005, you win the CFO, St George. You come fourth in an Australia Cup, and then you go on this absolute world tour. Can you tell us about that? Like, I mean, you, like you mentioned, you won the Dubai Duty Free, which is a kickstart to absolute mayhem. Like, I mean, because you didn't actually come back to Australia, you just stayed uh, with the horse. Is that right? I did. Yeah, I followed him. Oh, I, it was just a once in a lifetime experience, really. And as it turned out, it has been really. I mean, you'd, you'd love to say I'd be able to do it again, but it, it's unlikely to happen. But. Um, yeah, I did. I, I packed up and, and followed him around for sort of three or four months that we were over there. And, um, you know, I wouldn't change anything, you know, like the horse ran his heart out in every race he ran in. And it was, you know, I mean, when you're traveling like that, you need everything to go right. And, 
possibly, you know, a couple of those times in England, he, he wasn't quite at his best, you know, like just through what he had to do to be there. But, um, oh, he was good. He didn't let us down. I think he ran sort of second and fourth and third. And, you know, no, he was terrific. You'd be spot on saying that. And, I mean, in terms of horse and calibre of horse, like where does he rank in your eyes? Like, I guess, in your, you know, experience time as a jockey. I guess, you know, like really nothing can sort of really replace him as one of my favourites because, you know, we're talking uh, a lot of time and, uh, you know, it was at a time in my life when um, I really needed that to happen. So it's hard for me to say that Piero is a better horse, even though I probably think he is, you know, but... It's it's, it's uh, yeah very difficult to sort of difficult to pick between you know him him more Joyce and Piero you know very difficult. What was it like with, with the fact that these these horses are still get talked about more Joyce and Piero and stuff like what was it like being aboard these ones? Oh, it's a, it's unbelievable. You know when you got two horses like that running around at the same time, <laughs> there is nothing better. You know it's. It's a game changer. Um, I was in a very fortunate position last year where I had um, Think It Over and, and also obviously Eddie, but, um, you know, you, you, the devastation that um, I felt when Think It Over had to sort of be ruled out for the next yeah. 12 months, it's uh, hard to explain. But, but um, yeah, like it, it is. It's a game changer. You've got two good horses. They're sort of different spectrums you know they're not meeting each other in the same race so it's just a fill up let's t- let's touch on think it over then like think it over is um i think everyone remembers one of the one of the main rides like that the ride we're talking about um trying to remember what darren said um do you remember Kyle? i was like this is interesting or something right well i mean he, it's one no of the one calls, really wasn't it, it was oh, one of the yeah, great calls. No, no one expected anyone to hit the the grandstand rail like you did, Nash, on that day. And I mean, it was worth every cent. You know, like I mean, I think the fact that Think It Over, who was a, I think at the time a, a dual or three-time Group One winner at the time, um, was at twenty dollars as a punter, and uh, was out like outrageous to start with, and then you. You pull off the almighty. I mean, it was a world-studded field. I mean, <laughs> it was remarkable. Like, did you – have you reflected? Have you watched that replay a thousand times over? Like, how how's it go for you after winning something like the Queen Elizabeth? I, I reckon I probably have watched the replay a thousand times. Um, you know, uh, and it's still – thanks to, you know, the ears on the back of the neck stand up. Um yeah, it was. Look, it was amazing. I mean, Terry done a tremendous job with the horse and, and you know, we really thought we were on track to win it and the rain kept coming, kept coming and it sort of, it, I just tried not to let it dim me confidence in the horse and what he can do and, um, and look, to be fair, probably on the day, I think I wanted to be about three to five off the fence in the straight, in the home straight. Uh, the good horse in front of me that... Um, Zaki, I think it would have been. Yeah, no? Zaki just uh, sort of took me out a bit wider than I wanted to when we straight, you know, because I was pretty happy to sit, sit sort of deep down the side there. And when she sort of came out to me and put me out in the ground that I thought was a little bit, in, you know, in, in superior, I, um, I did, it wasn't even a, a, something I thought about. It was just something I did. And, and, you know, I did know it was better out there, but it was so far to get out there. That was the trouble. And I thought, well, I can't win here, so I'm going to go for it. And so you just did it on the fly. Just 
just thought of it on the fly. I'm just going to go out here. It was, it was dead set, not even a half second think about it. It was just, I did it there. Yeah. <laughs> it's amazing. How good. I'll drop the call into this. So when we're talking about this, I'll add the call underneath us. But when you think of this race, you're beating Animo, I'm Thunderstruck, very elegant Zaki. It's fucking amazing. And like you said, devastating yeah. that got ruled out. Yeah, look at what it was. Yeah, I mean, but thankfully, you know, he, he, the, the horse himself, he, he's okay. Um, you know, carries rap with how he's progressing through his rehabilitation. And, um, you know, I think his cross all looks good for the future. But, um, you know, the important part is the horse is the horse good. Uh, and touching on gold, like getting great booker rides and trust from trainers like Kerry, I mean, I want to just kind of revisit uh, a little bit back in the past. I mean, you've ridden 305 winners or thereabouts for Gay Waterhouse. And I guess more so I want to hear the to- uh, Tony Noonan side of things. But regardless, like how important is it for someone like yourself who's averse and travelled overseas and come back to return into a good book of rides through trust, trustworthy trainers like Gay and Tony. How does that feel as a jockey? Amazing. Um, you know, and, you know, we speak about Tony Noonan. He was, he was sort of the first trainer to walk up to me at the races when I had the arse out of my pants and, and, and dead set didn't know where I was going to get my next winner from. And, and he, he sort of... Um, saw something in me and talked me into going down to Mornington to ride for him and said he'd, he'd be very loyal to me. And um, at that time, if I couldn't make the weight, Damien Oliver or Stephen King, it, it, it sort of ride him when they were 53 or 4 and, and, and I'd sort of get straight back on him when they got my weight. So for him to do that through that period of my life, which was sort of between 21 and, and, and probably 26 or probably a bit less, 20, 25. It was quite quite amazing, you know. Um, and, he, and he installed confidence in me. At that time, I had none. And, like, revisiting Tony, I mean, you he's only had one Group 1 winner, as still to my knowledge anyway. Uh, he could have more. But no, he's had a couple. Time, no, he's, he's had a couple. Yeah, he's had a few. He has a couple, but you've ridden one for him with Pierre Vonick in the Manicato back in 2001. Like, how special was that? And on top of that, I mean, to add to it, I guess, you beat Sunline, who's an absolute superstar, and Falvalon, who became a superstar. Like, how special was that moment? Uh, it was pretty special because, um, you know, we had a mare that was well, – she wasn't um, she wasn't the most friendly little thing to, to ride. She, she had a few scalps under her as far as um, tossing jockeys off. But um, she could gallop. She was only little. She was absolutely tiny, actually. She was smaller than Eduardo. But, um, yeah, she just had a – Real big little heart and love love the valley. That was that was probably what it came down to. She she just thrived on that valley surface and um, yeah, we sort of rode her quiet there that day and sort of someone was up on the speed, sort of chopping up with a couple of others and and, and and we just sort of sucked through and it all opened up at the right time and the way she went and I think that was my first Melbourne group one as well. Oh, I was just going to say, I mean, it's just remarkable. And, like, to put two lengths between you and Sunline, I mean, I'd have to go through the record books to check, but, I mean, not many horses have done that. So she is one special, big-hearted, 
well, I think she, was she a filly back then or a mare? I can't, I'm not. Uh, she was. Sure. A, she would have been a mare because she had my weight. But um, yeah, look, she she put the riding on the wall to start before. I think she won in Group Two at fifty to one. And um, yeah. and then sort of we 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 just knew that she just sort of continued to thrive and um, and we sort of you know knew that the chance of winning one of those big ones was was around the valley and and just while she was in that rich vein of form and and thankfully um, it, it all fell into place on the day. And I, I think she was big odds that day too. She was sort of once again sort of twenty five or thirty to one, but um, so she wasn't really. She's a bit of an underdog, but she just just got the job done a few times there in a row for us. Do you remember your first group win? Um, was it Bolter? Yeah, my first group one was Bolter. Huge. Yeah. How was and, that? And I, I think I think my first group winner was over in Adelaide as well. Remember? What was that like? Like you, I'm just, how long was that um, coming to? Like since you'd been riding, how long did it take? Group one. Oh, uh, took a, took a while. It didn't didn't happen quickly. I think I was about twenty three. Um, and I was sort of pretty happy to tell, you know, some of these young kids my story because it, they sort of get get down on the fact that they probably haven't had an opportunity, you know, coming out of their time and things like that. They feel like they're, they're, not, they're going nowhere, but it's it's a matter of working hard and sort of sticking at it and turning up with a smile on your face and, and getting the job done, you know. But it, it took till about 23, and I, I think from memory, Tim White rang me, you know, a couple of weeks before the race or, or 10 days before the race and said, would you like to go over and ride him? And I said, yeah, I'd love to because I'd ridden one of the couple on him beforehand and um, and um, I, I just sort of said, would the owners be happy to play me flight? And, and he said, oh, I don't think, don't think so. <laughs> I won't be able to come and ride him. <laughs> I'll, I'll go to Terrellwood. And um, anyway, I must have got the better of him. He rang back an hour later and said, oh, yeah, they'll pay the flight. So Ended up going, thankfully, and yeah, he, he won it sort of 90 to 1, I think it was. That's huge. That's amazing. And like you just said, these young fellas like get a bit down on themselves and just have to work hard. But there is no better time to be a jockey, especially these young fellas coming through prize money-wise. Um, you know, similar to when we were talking about to Dylan Gibbons and he was mentioning, you know, his dad has told him how, how blessed he is to be starting his career now with the prize money that he's, you know, gone through compared to what his dad had gone through. But when yeah. as, as a teenager, were you pumped? Was that what you wanted to do? Were you always just like, I'm a jock, that's it? I, I, I was, and that's probably what kept me going, but to be honest, I, I, I was um, a bit sort of at the point where I was a little bit unlikely to keep riding the weights. It's basically determination that keeps you in the game, you know. Um, mm. And, you know, and then I found as I got a bit older, the, there was a few things that sort of helped me along the way. They brought in the vest and, and sort of gradually sort of put the weights up a, a couple of kilos and um, that made it a little bit easier. And what about your young and, bloke? Your young bloke, you happy with him getting into it and how he's going? Oh, yeah, yeah. No, look, he's um, what's he ridden probably 130-odd winners. And, That's and, crazy. You no, know, it's, uh, it's something that he's always wanted to do and, you know, he's he's at, he's at the stage where I'm, what I'm just talking about in his life at the moment. But as far as you know, with his weight, but um, I'm sure if he hangs in there, he's gonna he's gonna have a really good career. You know. I just wanted to ask, how does he find it, the time to be, I guess, a greyhound trainer as well, Nash? Uh, look, 
with with um, you know we have a, a bit of time on our hands, and it's it's important to sort of have a few good um, hobbies and things, you know, and, and so forth, because um, it's actually quite good that he's he's got something that he's he's got a passion about, and you know keeps him busy. He's, he's working down there on his little farm, and and um, that's helping his weight. Yeah, look, it's, I, I think it's a real positive, actually. And, and, and it gives you, look, a lot of the kids, you know, and I was the same, you, you, you're that hard about it at that age that it sort of absorbs you a little bit. And um, having something that you enjoy doing is just to take you out away from it. And, I mean, I guess when you came back to Sydney racing, like, I mean, was the choice of coming to Sydney easy? That's what I want to ask. Because, I mean, obviously, is it safe to say that you're a Victorian-based, like you were born and bred kind of Victoria, and then all your family's down there, especially Campbell nowadays as well. Like, how was that choice kind of come about to go into the Sydney room? Yeah, it was funny, really, because I I had planned to obviously kick off in Melbourne, and um, oh, just just a small thing that sort of happened along the way. I I I, I had a six week what, six week window to, to sort of get fit riding and track work, and I wanted to make or take full advantage of that. And and basically, um, there was a bit of a hold up with the paperwork, so that I couldn't get passed to come back when I when I was basically cleared. So. I actually rang Mr. Van Gessel the night that I was told that and, and just said, do you mind if I come to Sydney and write a bit of track work and trials? And, and he was sort of said, absolutely, yeah, we've already had a chat here about it and, um, you know, you're more than welcome to come up here and, and, and kick off. And, and it was basically just going to be for a couple of weeks to get fit. And, yeah, once I got up here and, and just sort of got a feel for – you know, what could happen if I, if I worked hard, um, you know, there was, it was going to be very difficult for me to go back. How do you, um, how do you handle, I've spoken to some of the others about this, how do you handle, I guess, racing and especially racing media and stuff can be quite critical about rides and things like that. Um, one that speaks to mind is the ride on Kementari, right? So you up the rail and I remember everyone had an opinion. Everyone said, it, some people said it was amazing and ballsy and bravado and whatever. And some were saying it was silly and stupid and whatnot. So how do you, do you just block this sort of crap out? Like, how do you deal with that? You've been in the game a long time. It's got, to, it's got to be a little bit water off the back. I mean, I, I, you don't do something like that you think you're putting anyone or anything in danger, you know, yeah. especially your horse or, or a fellow rider. But, you know, I mean, to be fair, I, I, I don't think I did. But, uh, you know, it's it's a, it's a game of inches. And when Josh Josh's horse did shift that couple of inches as I got in there, that's that's what made me brush the rail. And, yeah. you know, the rest is history. Like, it's just... Uh, but, um, yeah, I thought I, I, I knew what I was doing and, you know, um, I had the horse under me to do it. So it was... I guess, I guess it's something you really. Yeah, and is that how you deal with most things throughout this career? Because like I said, like it's a weird profession you're in because everyone has got an opinion, right? And because there's so much money involved in that sort of stuff, you must be people's best friend one day and then someone's enemy the next and oh, all that sort of are. shit. Like, yeah, it's just, look, it's important and it's held me in good stead over the years. I mean, I try to have my own opinion on whether it's track bias or... or yeah. um, I don't feel like I'm under pressure to be in a certain spot on the track that I don't want to be. And if I get it, if the horse doesn't win, and I feel I've still got it right, even if, yeah, you know, they might be saying, no, he's come up the inside where 
we, you know, everyone's winning eight off the fence. Well, if, if I'm if I'm on the fence and it's and they're all winning eight off the fence, I feel it's because it's there's a reason for it, you know. Like yeah. It's it's and I can live with that. I mean, I, that's my choice, and that's where I felt it was the best ground, so I've gone there, and um, that wins me more races than losing, you know. So. Yeah, and so it's, it, you guys go out there to win. You guys are as competitive as hell. It's not like you go out there to ride a, ever ride a bad ride. So, and like I've said, most times, bloody most dangerous sport in the world, having a bloody ambulance follow you around every day. So, people have got to remember that. There's a lot of dickheads in, um, especially social media and media and stuff when it comes to that sort of gear. Um, yeah, well, look, there's a lot of lot of people too that you know obviously want to have a crack at you and they don't put a, their own name to, yeah. to the where they're coming from so you know it's pretty it's a pretty low act but um, you know I, I'm, I'm sure it does affect some of the young kids coming through that's I've what I mean yeah yeah. Well, you probably didn't have to deal with that sort of shit growing up at their age, right? Like you got you guys are older now, and a lot of you are older and don't have to just water off a duck's back, like you said. But the likes of these apprentices coming through, Dylan, Reese, you know, a bunch of others, they they live and breathe social media. They're probably on their phones seven hours a day, flicking through. It'd, it'd be a different world yep. for them, I think, wouldn't it? No, oh, it would be for sure. But uh, you know, I, I think. Um the apprentice um, schools and that now that they've got good point. You know, you got fellas like Corey Brown looking after them, and, and I, I'm, I'm sure that's sort of yeah something that they get right into. You know, it's and it's important. You know, it is for them. Yeah, they do the same and, thing in other sports, don't they, Coey? Like league and stuff for that. 100 percent. Like it's 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 the fundamentals nowadays. Like it, even in like uh, Tudor's, you're a teacher by trade on your off days. Yeah. It's it, it's all about teaching the kids what the real life is actually about and you know like social media and everything else is a part of it so it's kind of ingrained and part of society and culture that kind of subject and I mean you have to you have to bear the weight of it and how to cope with it and there obviously has to be the right help associated with it which I think the uh, racing New South Wales in particular they do concentrate on that with someone like Corey Brown doing all the apprentice schools and so forth. But I was yes. just going to ask Nash, I guess, the the Sydney jockey room more so I wanted to touch on is you've been in many jockey rooms around the world. Like how does it fare and is, is it one of the strongest in the world, I guess, like with your ex, like expertise and your your background? Oh, I've got no doubt in the world of this, yeah. There's, you know, um yeah, it's uh, it's it's it doesn't get any easier. I tell you, there's, a, there's some good young, younger riders coming through too now as well. So it's tough, but the rewards are there. You just sort of um, you know you got to keep turning up, and it keeps you. It keep, I'll tell you what it does do. It keeps you at the top of your game because you, you've just yeah. got to be. You've got to be hungry. <laughs> My words, you do. If you weren't, if you let's say you hung up the jockey jockey boots next week, what, what, what was something you'd like to do? Have you got an idea what you'd like to do after riding? Do you just retire and play golf, or what's the? Have you got any plans? For, for me, I, I'm I'm still so focused on me riding. Yeah, it's something I don't really try to delve too much into. I guess, just, I, I guess maybe, focused, but I guess maybe if you never became a jock, have you, do, you, do you have any other plans growing up? Thinking that I might be a tradie, I might be a teacher. Oh, at school, I wasn't, I wasn't the best, but I, I, I always loved me um, practical work, you know, whether it be woodwork or um, 
sheet metal or, or any of those sort of trade type things. You know, I was always quite good in my hands. But, um, you know, I, I guess I, I've always – one day I'd love to train. Um, yeah. Rode for as long as I have and seen the change in the, in the landscape of, as far as – you know how trainers can sort of cope and get horses and and and, and get a kick along. It's not easy, and um, you know I, I just don't know. I mean, I, I guess I could I, I could put myself in any stable in in Sydney or Melbourne and and sort of get a real good sort of couple of years sort of education. Yeah. To sort of help help take me to the next step at, at some stage. But to be fair, I'd probably even if I um you know what what's sort of in the back of my mind is sort of buying a little farm here, you know, down in Melbourne somewhere and, and just um just pre-training a few horses and that for for, for mates, you know. Because yeah. um, I, I have, you know, I'm sure I do do well with that sort of thing, and and, and it's probably you don't under the same pressure, and you're still earning the wage, and um, yeah, good point. You know, buy and sell a few or whatever. Um, there's a lot I can do. There's yeah. a lot I can do, but it's just um, right at the moment. I guess you know yeah. I probably should be should have more in place, but fully focused, um, though, mate. Still got these win- I, big great yeah, ones to win. Well. well while I can um, do this, I'm just going to do it for as long as I can. Sweet. Um, Coey, should we go over some rides this weekend, unless you've got anything else? No, I was just going to say off the back of that, like, is what's uh, what's the race that's eluded you most, I guess? Um, obviously, you're still yeah. fit and healthy. You promote your riding. Um, yeah, what's, what's the one race that you had, you'd love to win before you retire? I guess the Cox Plate or Melbourne Cup, really. Um, you know, I mean, obviously, yeah, the Everest and, and Golden Eagle would be sort of high on the agenda here as well. Um, we can sort of slowly get through those four. I'd be, I'd be pretty happy. If we, if we said, if I said to you, regardless of prize money, let's say they were all exactly the same, what, what's the one race that you'd love to win? I've, I've always had a great love for the Cox Plate. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Everyone you know, says Cox Plate, don't they? <laughs> Yeah, it's um, you know like I guess, and and you know that's why it's so disappointing. We think it over going to miss. I mean, he's yeah. beaten that field last year there in the Queen Elizabeth, and and that's no mean feat. I mean, the Queen Elizabeth for me is right up there. You know, it's um, one of our best races. But yeah, to to take him down there and and sort of. You know, being a great chance this year would have been something special, I reckon. But um, thankfully, I've, I've picked up a nice ride in Mwunga anyway. So we'll see how we go. I'll be down there. So that's good. Um, all right, let's go over a couple of races this weekend before we wrap up. Um, we'll touch on a couple. Amadi in the first. Um, you're aboard. I think James has had the ride the last couple of times. Um, do you know much about this Waller horse? No, I don't. No, <laughs> I, look, I haven't, haven't anything to do with it. Um, I really don't know how uh, much I can tell you about that one. You're, you're in the Craven. You're on Surf Dancer. This was a great win last start. You're up against um, Cascadian, who's bloody was a really good last start as well. But I think Regan, from memory, was on the on the horse last time at Rose Hill. Um, really good ride. It's a good one to pick up. Yeah, I, you know, I thought he'd be a terrific ride in the race. Um, actually, rode him work on Tuesday morning, and he gave me a great feel. He, he seems to be sort of really um, thriving in his work and and enjoying it. So, oh, it looks a lovely race for him. He's a horse, you know, on the way up. We don't sort of 
know know where the where the glass ceiling is yet, but I'm I'm sure he's sort of up in this grade. Sure. You you got good success over the Craven. Well, obviously we think it over last year because I think he did the Craven into the Rosal Gold Cup, which you did the double on. Um, after the work you had on him, uh, I'm assuming you're just going to step it forward. I don't think there's too much speed. No, nah, look, he'll he'll bowl forward. Yeah, yeah, he'll just yeah. Um, you know, and we'll try and get him in a nice rhythm and find the best part of the track. And um, yeah, look, look, off, off his off off his work, as I said, and, and you know, and what he did the other day, he's definitely going to be a competitive. I don't know if you've booked a ride on Cup Day yet, but is the plan to try and stick on him for the big dance, so to speak? Yeah, well, uh, I'm I'm actually very lucky. I've got a great manager, Liam Pryor, who um, I I just have full faith in him that he that he sort of have all that sorted for me, and he he does, you know. So, um, but I'm sure I'm sure that'd be a a great little. you know, uh, trophy at the end of the end of the preparation to be sort of aiming for for him. Nothing wrong with an inaugural big dance. Let me tell you, <laughs> two million bucks. Yep. <laughs> um, Coe, you're the Kosciuszko man, and Nash is aboard one of the greats and handle the truth. Mate, uh, I genuinely, how can you not love this horse? And I mean, you've you've had an affiliation with this horse for well, this will be his his fourth time going around. You know, he's done his one. He won on 2019 and he's come fourth and second subsequently. And yeah. this year, he's 650, which is a great price, I think. Uh, I mean, barrier six, you must be happy, yeah? Yeah, I think everything's um, been spot on with the preparation. He's had two really lovely runs and um, he'll be peaking now. And really, to be fair, what, what he did first up was unbelievable. Kind of, um, sort of only yeah. sort of finished and falling off Eduardo and... Yeah, the other day in the shorts, where he's finished there working home, he's, he's, he just seems like he's at the top of his game. So, yeah, really happy with, you know, being able to retain the ride on him. And, yeah, how lucky can you be that you've, I've been able to sort of ride him? Yeah, he's in, amazing. In what for him, you know? Amazing. Um, Sydney Stakes, you're aboard a special K. You're up against, you know, like, it's obviously um, – before I even go into it, did you think that Godolphin may have gone with Kemantari? I know that a lot of people would like to have seen Kemantari in the Everest. They've gone with ingratiating, but did you ever think they might have gone that way? I was praying he didn't. Yeah, I was sort of But look, yeah, he was super the other day, wasn't he? Yeah. Um, really was. That, that was probably the, as good a race he's run in his life. And um, Who rode the other day? Was it Timmy? Yeah, Timmy rode him, and he, he yeah, he just he just kept finding the line, and was against those four horses that yeah. you know were always going to be in the big race. So yeah, no, he's in super form, and um, he'll handle the conditions of the track. He, he he seems to. I've rode him on a couple of tracks where he hasn't. He's lost confidence in the run, um, and he's a bit of a confidence horse. But he seems to really thrive at Randwick where he. Um, Gets a bit of footing and and uh, he just loves that. So perfect race for him. I mean, it's a damn hard race. Don't get me wrong, but um, yeah, it is. It's, it's a it's a good race for him. Like Barry Eleven, where would you? I mean, Kevin Tari is pretty versatile when it comes to where he wants to sit. Whether it's a good draw or a bad draw, like coming down at eleven, would you be looking to kind of settle midfield, one out kind of thing, or what? What are we thinking, man? Well, boys? that's that sort of the day. That's 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 where you'd be aiming, definitely. Yeah. Um, 
you know, I guess if he can be a pair further forward than that, even better. But, yeah, he, he sort of generally steps quite well and, and he can sort of find a position just behind the main group of leaders and, and um, then he gives you a terrific kick off that. So that's sort of where we'll be aiming. We don't obviously – anything can happen on the day. If you, if you happen to step slow, that's going to make the job twice as hard. But, um, yeah. The only time he's been a little bit slow out was at the Gold Coast, and on that occasion, the track was rock hard. He just—I think he made his mind up before the race that he, he was going to go. So, <laughs> yeah. So, and, and yeah, no. Look, you'll just—you'll just hopefully just get into a nice position there, somewhere, somewhere in behind the leaders, sort of four to four to seven lengths off. My, I, would, I would imagine. Yeah, he'll he'll run well. Um, we can we can skip the Everest. We've gone into depth there. Coey, do you want to touch Silver Eagle? Silver Eagle. Uh, Silver Eagle. I mean, another Royal Blue runner. I think one of three on the day for you, Valana. Yes. Uh, nice little four-year-old. Seems handy. Drawn. I mean, midfield. Like I mean, Barry and I, not bad at all, really, in, in scheme things. But I think she seems like a real versatile upcomer. Any thoughts about her? Yeah, definitely. Um, sort of gives you the impression. It gives you the impression that he's sort of on the way up. You know, like what he was doing in in uh, Queensland there was really, really good. I, I thought the, his form up there was terrific, and um, you know, obviously he's sort of on the South Pacific on a really heavy track, and so he's got the right form. Um, his Stradbroke run was. Terrific, really. He just, you know, his two barrier trials have been terrific, and, and, and he should be very competitive. I know, I know he'll, he'll sort of be able to bounce and, and take up a position behind the leaders there somewhere, and um, yeah, you know, I'm sure he'll, he'll he'll run a terrific race. You brought um, Kinlock later on. I think it's the Five Diamonds. That's, uh, what are we thoughts? Can he, is he? How's he going? Do you know? Um, yeah, no. Look, he's. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you what. I've won the. Provincial championship on him. Ah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Last year, and uh, to be fair to him, that day he was—he come from the outside gate and um, quite deep in the run. Although probably the track was chopping up on the inside, so it was sort of—it wasn't sort of game over for us. But basically, I, I sort of had no luck down the side there, and I was a bit concerned. And I had Huey inside me. He sort of pushed out and got going, and and I was able to sort of slot back in behind his behind him and, and, and get a card up until a furlong and, and that, that was probably the only rest I got in the race was sort of from the 500 to the um, 300 and I just sat tight on him and, and sort of produced him at the furlong and he did a marvellous job to win So and, and he does handle the conditions so he's another really good ride in the day and uh, what we got in the angst you got Honey Creeper how's it going? yeah yeah well She's um, certainly proven, if not at that level, even at, high, at a higher level. So, you know, although she's not probably at the trip, she she, she enjoys just yet. Um, you'd expect her to run well sort of fresh over a mile. And, you know, I think um, she's, she's sort of ran well before with a, with a freshen. So I don't, I don't know whether that holds her in good stead for, for that trip. But, yeah, she's got the class to be very competitive, put it that way. That's, that's what I thought as well. Like, I mean, I think um, last start she was actually – it took my eye. It was very eye-catching. 1,400s, way short of her best, to say the least. She steps off to a mile. I was just going to ask, I guess, barrier three. She's a little bit of a backmarker herself. So, like, I guess is the plan – I guess, do you step forward or do you just let her run her own race? 
I, yeah, yet, yet to come, I guess. Yeah, I, I think with a horse like her, it's important to sort of have a comfortable. I mean, you, you, can, you can say, oh, we'll try and go forward because that's, you know, whether that's the pattern of the day, whether whether it's very hard to make ground. But you sort of get into the last race, you're probably just hoping a little bit they overcook it if that's that is the case. And and you know, as long as you've got her comfortable, she'll be she'll be she'll be hitting the line. I mean, the fact is she's only sort of got beaten a length and a half first up over the 14, so pretty good indication she's. Going well. All right, it's eight. You eight rides, eight rides on the weekend. I'm hopefully we're not expecting too much rain. I hope. I know that the trucks obviously got pounded in the last couple of weeks. But um, Coe, have you got anything else? I was just going to say, excluding Eddie in the uh, Everest, who's who's the ride you're looking forward to the most? Uh, well, it's a it's a funny thing. I mean, <laughs> I'm. I'm it's a, you know, it's one of those days where it all comes together, and you're looking forward to all. Um, yep. Looking forward to the day. Uh, you've probably got an indication that the first race wasn't the most important one, but <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, I, I think um, you know all the rest. Of them, I'm really happy to be booking rides on the day, and um, hoping hoping you you've seen them like beach balls on the day, which I'm, I'm sure I am. I've done all the groundwork to get there, and um, and um, we'll be very competitive. And, and I'm sort of on horses that are pretty adapt in the wet too which which um holds me in good stead days like these is why why you do what you do right these are these are the days you live for 100 percent. yeah yeah if you, if you don't turn up on the job on a day like saturday you, you're in the wrong caper <laughs> all right mate um thank you very much for joining us i know it's um pretty big week like you said you do a lot of homework to do before saturday but um we it means a lot to us for joining us mate no, pleasure, Zach. Thanks, Kelly. And, um, yeah, best of luck with you. what you're doing there. And, um, yeah, no, it's a pleasure to be on. Good we'll, talking to you. Thanks, Zach. We'll be out there Saturday. We'll give you a cheer home, mate. We'll see you. <laughs> Thank you. Cool. Thanks, guys. Thanks a lot. Bye-bye.